Downside. The downside. With John Marco Cerezi. We met at JFL, yeah. and I, I went for a hug, and I felt in that moment I said I shouldn't have gone for the hug. That was too forward. No, no, because you, you should have gone for the hug. Um, okay. Here's the thing. <laughs> I immediately was like, John Marco, you fool. No, that's the right thing. Here's the thing. I will hug you from here on out. Uh, it's the first one. Usually the weird one for me. Really. I don't know why. So I was right. I said something. Because I, I usually don't mind going for a hug. It's just I, I'm apprehensive, and that makes other people feel weird. Because I don't mind hugging the first Me time. Me neither. See, see you, were, you were the right amount of forward, because that's the amount of forward I wanted to be. But I also love... Uh, I also if there is any awkwardness in the air. I don't correct it. Good. I don't... I, if, I think there's a <laughs> lot of people in this world that think... I think terrible things of them because I'm unwilling to... Uh, change the awkwardness in a space sure i i had a, a greek voice teacher she was a hugger and i like hugging too yes. i think as as a tall man in a post me too world i feel more like hesitant to yeah. just it, my, my t- voice teacher she was like i hug and if you said no she'd be like i don't care yeah. and i remember <laughs> i remember just being like okay i guess so th- i liked that about her yes which i know is not everyone's cup of tea i'm a physical guy but now I feel uh, very cautious. And I probably, with men, go for the hug quicker. I, I'm, I don't know what to say. I, like, I, I'm, I'm, I am still a hugger, I'm, but I also I do have apprehension with new, meeting new people, uh, even though I like, I'm also, I think I'm of the age where talking online doesn't equal as much as, yes, uh, there's yes. less value to me uh, as in like, like I have to know you in person before I can qual- quantify you sure. as something that can like, have we passed a certain threshold? I'm still one of those people, if you didn't say anything, I would have said nothing. <laughs> Great, good. <laughs> if you were like, we never met, I would be like, you know what, that's, <laughs> that's fair. Well, this is the downside. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome for those uh, new time listeners. I'd be surprised, but maybe. Uh, here we talk about uh, negatives. We, we celebrate the downsides. We complain. <laughs> we kvetch. We don't give a shit. If you're a fan, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash downside. I am here at Third Wheel Podcast Studio, a podcast studio that has had so many locations, you cannot put it <laughs> into Google Maps without checking it at least three times. But I'm very happy you made it. Thank yeah, you for I'm being happy. here, Salman. Look, it's, it gave me an adventure. Also, much closer to my house, uh, this place. Yes, the yes. Place. The new location. Uh, but you know what? I got to discover parts of this city that I've already seen. <laughs> Good. Well, we're here with uh, comedian, writer, Solomon Giorgio. Yes. I, I have to share, before we talk about you, I had a, I, I've taken a lot of Ubers here. I can't drive. Yeah. I have a license. Don't know how. Look, I know. Humiliating. I've heard it. <laughs> but it's not because of that. It's not because of People that? People think that, and I let them think that. Oh. But it's because I suck. I had girlfriends in high school who drove... I got my license. I knew how to drive to school and back. That was it. Yeah, you should lead with a lie. You should have just said New York. I would have been... I have so much respect for you that's just is dwindling. <laughs> with two high school girlfriends. One, who I loved. She broke mm-hmm. up with me, and then I needed her to give me a ride back home. <laughs> and and the second, the second wisely did it on the way to my dad's house. And like I remember getting to the stop sign right before, and she said... We need to talk right at the stop sign. Ooh. And it was like very beautiful metaphors in general of like, it's about to stop. See, I think the, the correct thing to do is make you walk home. I think that's... Short DC to Potomac. That would be a long walk. Oh, that's, that's a... Dis- wow. I would have cried the whole way. I would have I made you do it. If that was me, I'm a monster. But I took an Uber and I don't complain about this stuff normally. Yeah. The smell of this Uber. And it was a 50. I was going to Kevin Hart's... It was Earthquake has a show on Sirius XM. By the way, more nervous to do this show yeah. than I have been for anything. It's me, Earthquake, like four other of his friends. Yeah. And they had vodka there. And I'm not a drinker, but I was like, give me this yeah, vodka. I would, I would also do I would have done that. For the first 10 minutes, you've done groups, shows. Yes. Uh, for the first 10 minutes, I didn't say a word. <laughs> and there's this thought of like, am I going to be here silent the whole two hours? And he made clear at the beginning, he said, people, if you don't like our guest, call in and tell us not to have him back. They made a lot of jokes about it. 
And then finally they made some reference like, oh, white guy, what's your opinion on this? And I was like, I'm in. <laughs> I, have a, I now have a character. I'm, I'm the, the white guy here, and I'll, I'll, I'll play it up. And it worked. It worked out? I think so. Are he said, sure? we'll have we'll, you back. We'll, just, I'll listen. we'll, we'll see. Li- we'll listen. We'll, we'll listen. see. I've heard, I, I've, been, I've heard a few I've had you backs in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this Uber, I mean, it was a 50-minute Uber mm-hmm. there. I have never, I have never, if I wasn't worried about being there in time, I think I would have gotten out. I don't yeah. know how I would have, but it was that. It was, it was unbearable. Was it like smell like cologne? B.O. Or, oh, B.O. B, like, B.O. Like, like oh, B.O. No. that had, and I was, I was just shocked that he, I guess you don't know when you're in it, but he must have been driving f- for 72 hours. This was the B.O. Probably, yeah. And uh, what are you doing? Would you have said something? Uh, about his B.O.? No, I'd have gotten out of the car. You'd have gotten out? I, I as somebody who's been terminally late to many things uh, and will continue to be so no matter like whether or not it's intentional or unintentional, I will I will always choose. Even knowing that you might have to deal with Uber getting the money back, because we're talking, it was a forty five dollar yeah. ride. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll look. Everyone would be disappointed, including me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I I've learned that if it makes me uncomfortable for an unbearable amount of time, I no longer allow myself to do it. But I am forty years old. Sure, I'm so thirty four. <laughs> yeah. so I think I'll get oh, there yeah. eventually. You, yeah, I think if I was. For 34, 34 years old, I mean, he would have, he would have uh-huh. said the whole time. Uh-huh. He would have said, he would also have been like, if, he, if I got him on the way back, I'd be like, I guess this is the way it is. <laughs> well, hopefully 40-year-old me knows how to drive or can afford a driver. I, I, I hope you just, I know, I hope knowing it, I didn't own a car until like three years, three, four years ago. What and age, I didn't drive a car for 16 years. What age did you learn how to drive? Well, I learned to drive when I was young. Really? I just, I, I had so many, so many cars get like it was just driving was such a terrible experience when I was younger, and now I have enough rage uh, to maintain uh, the ability. <laughs> do you do you get? I know I'd have road rage. Oh yeah, I get. I don't like. I don't do anything. Um, I definitely hold. I, I definitely one of the person that like I will lay on the horn for so long until you understand that you wronged me, and then I'll let it go. Are you are you ready to to fight if it happens? I, at any point in time, I'm ready to fight. Really? No, for no good reason. There's no, I don't need to fight these people. It's just L.A. is filled with such absurdly bad decisions. And I'm a very defensive driver. So I'm very, like, my driving is all reactionary because I'm afraid of every driver here. Mm. Uh, so I only honk my horn because somebody is making the dumbest mistake of their life. Sure. And it's usually like, oh, you're going to turn, you want to turn right, but you're all the way on the other side. Uh, you're, you're, on the, you're on the left lane. So now you have to. And I, like, there's like the last person I laid the horn on. He, I was like in the middle trying to turn uh, left. This guy all the way on the left side needs to go on the on the far right lane to turn right, and he decides, eh, I'll just get right in front of you and prevent you from turning left in front of this green light until I get a chance to move a little forward. I'm like, oh, so fuck me. <laughs> sure. Most of our listeners in New York, they don't understand anything that you just said, but I, I followed yeah, from my Uber um, ride today. People are so disrespectful here. Uh, I think, I, don't, I know who said it. It was a fucking great joke, uh, but it was like everybody here drives like they just lost the part. Uh, and I'm, I, I feel terrible because I've, I've been saying this on repeat multiple times. I don't remember who initially said it, but. That's great. It's a very, it's exactly. If I did stand up, like if I'd come up in LA, I think I'd like have. I already have too many actor jokes, <laughs> but like if I was in LA, I could see just so many. Because I, I just just to to be in a place where everyone would understand my references, oh. it would. Like I I did a show I did Chocolate Sunday last night mm-hmm. at Laugh Factory, and it was like you know a heavily black audience, and yeah. like I was talking about Harlem, and it was just amazing. Certain nuances of things that just wouldn't play any other place unless I was in Harlem or like yeah. doing a show where the majority of the audience was black. And it was like, for me, it would be like that in LA, majority of actor <laughs> audiences. Oh, they don't laugh. They're the worst kind of audience. Uh, That's what I feel. It is. They, a lot of actors, when they come to the audience, usually are there because they have the idea that maybe this is the way for them to get better at acting is through stand up comedy. And on, I'm going to be, I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, stand-up comedy doesn't make you better at anything else but stand-up comedy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you can, like if you don't have those skill sets beforehand, they don't get sharper because you focus way more on stand-up comedy than you do on anything else. Of course. So if your goal is to get better at something through stand-up, don't. You only get better at stand-up through stand-up. I agree. 
I talk a lot of shit about LA stand-up mm-hmm. comedy. Um, uh, I made a joke. Yeah. Caleb Huron went, came to, uh, he was in New York. He was at stand-up New York. And he asked me where the green room was. And I, I laughed. And I said, <laughs> the, the first time an LA comic's ever made me laugh was, was him asking that. <laughs> uh, but he's a Chicago comic deep down. Yeah. Did you start stand up here? No, good God, no. I, Where, fuck, I started in Seattle. Oh, in Seattle. I was, Great scene. Yeah, they, they was sort of like the birth of the alt scene was uh, happening at the time in Seattle. Uh, I started in like 2007, uh, last year of George Bush. A uh, great time to be a gay black comic. Uh, mm. <laughs> highly recommend it if you get a chance. Um, but no, it was like it was a fucking amazing scene, and it was like it was yeah. There's plenty of stage time because it's it was like where everyone's like sort of figuring out how to do like the uh, the different spaces I work comedy clubs. Sure. But I still had to. I I still went to the comedy club twice a week for the open mic, and I did what was the, the club there? Uh, it's the uh, Seattle Comedy Underground, and we also had two competitions that I. There was a Seattle National Comedy Competition, the San Francisco Comedy Competition, where everyone fucking went through through that fucking process of of performing in the worst fucking places in the world possible to possibly be a finalist and barely make any money. <laughs> Do you look at that as a, as a healthier stand-up time? I started, like, really just in 2016. Like, just... And I started in New York... At a shitty club, I didn't come up in any scene other than New York, which is like, it's not the same as a, a smaller scene. It's like it's it's all it's all it's all relative. It's really like it depends on the kind of comic you want to be because you can move to any of the cities and gain and gain the skill set you can from that city uh, over time. So it's really it depends on the kind of comedy comedy you want to do. So for me, Seattle was a great comedy audience because it was. A, I was much, very much a storyteller. I uh, very had certain like absurd uh, and like, and a lot of a uh, lot of social commentary. So it was kind of it was a perfect scene for me to start in because it wasn't there was my audience was there for that. Sure. Um, so and I then but also like I I wanted to be, I wanted to I didn't want to be disrespected as a comedian at the time because so you definitely had to do the road shows and do those gigs and eat shit for forty five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> that's the best. That's where you grow. Yeah, yeah. I did. But I, I was I was just thinking about LA audiences. I did the Little Room. I headlined mm-hmm. the Little Room at the Hollywood Improv. First show was tough. Mm-hmm. Dark. The dark jokes just was silent. Yeah. And then the second show, Adam Sandler bumped my feature, and so I think it got them going a little bit. <laughs> but I talked to Adam, where I think Adam was very sweet, but he talked to me as if I were like a newbie comic, as if I was like gonna just be bowled over. So he, yeah. I was like, hi, I was like, hi, Adam, my name is Jamargo, this is the, yeah. my show. And he was like, he was like, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> that's really cool. And then I stupidly was like, you know, my, my mom's here or something. Because I was talking about just yeah. like, you know, my mom moved here, so that's why I'm doing this show. I got these people here. And he was like, that's really great. Your mom came out. And I was like, I'm 34. Please stop <laughs> talking to me like this. Well, if you if you if somebody told me my mom's here and I, at their show, I'd also be like, okay, kid. Well, then the first thing he did, he went on stage. I I, I don't really give a shit anymore. Right. But I remember the old days when I had like my first headlining show. I tell the host like, please don't reveal that my mom's here <laughs> because I say horrible things about her, just horrible, yeah. mean one-liners. And uh, the the host accidentally heard off, you know, for the green room, like, oh, what do you do for work? And she was like, I'm a Pilates teacher. And I was like, fuck, that's my mom. <laughs> but my mom knew. My mom knew not yeah. to say it. But Adam goes up and goes like, hell, thanks for letting me do this. I know the headliner is a big show for him. His mom's here tonight. And I was like, God <laughs> damn it, Adam, what is this? You can see it wasn't that dark. I'm an old man. Um, you do look young for older people. Yes. Wow, well, that was that was a compliment, and then it became you look young for older people. Sure, well, yeah, you look well, young you, for well, older you people look too. Look thirty-four. Right? Like so. Yeah, I would have said I would have given you your twenties if I was. If Thank I, you. Yeah, that's why I keep telling my agent. Yeah. Um, I recently had an interview. If you ever had interviews where where I'm trying to avoid this, where they listen to your stand-up comedy mm-hmm. and the questions are pipelined from the stand-up, like like I had someone like uh, if I were to do it to you, I'd say. Uh, so, uh, your grandfather's name was Mustafa yeah. Rigatoni. Yeah. And like, that would be the question you'd have to be like, well, yeah, no, that was a jo- was a joke. Oh yeah. And it's also like, especially as the bits get older, you're just like, you, first of all, you have to remember that you said that as a uh-huh. joke. So that's what I've, so I've had, like, I've had interview questions where somebody like references a joke, usually from like 2015. And I'm like, Oh, 
I, why would you ask me that question? I'm like, that's, oh, that's the thing I said out loud that I, cause it's like a joke that I don't know. Like most of the yeah. time, like, I don't do that joke anymore. It's been televised. It's been, I also change. I fuse my father and stepfather into yeah. one character. Cause I can't break down the whole thing every time. And, and I don't know how to balance it. Cause people ask, and it's so lame to just be like, Oh, that wasn't true. Yeah. I, I tend to, I, it's been a while since I've allowed anybody to envy me in that capacity. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, like a lot of things, like usually the, what I do now is like podcasts and everybody tends to know each other. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah. That's the better way. Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to remember my last interview and it's been, I think it was when I was, when I was doing JFL was when I was getting those, those kind of questions where they kept bringing up my bits and I'm just like, I, I, I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you moved to America mm-hmm. uh, from where? My family's, well, my family's Ethiopian, but I was born in Sudan and we came to the States in like 1985. Okay. So how old were you then? I was four. You're four. Yeah. Do you remember the Sudan? Um, not really. Not particularly. It's just very, I mean, my, my strongest memory is coming to America mm. uh, and uh, them giving me strawberry yogurt. And it was the first time I ever had like uh, flavored yogurt. Uh, what was it when the Sudan it was just it was plain? Like, just in general but my mom would just give us plain yogurt so when I had strawberry yogurt for the first time being four years old and just being like this is uh, the greatest thing I've ever had and I'm very excited for uh, the source of this that's good so yeah that was uh, my but, but eventually we learned more about America and uh, turned out not to be as great uh, strawberry yogurt is not as plentiful uh, <laughs> it's, it's too sweet for it's me it's also now. too much sugar it's, there's, the, there's sugar. an absurd amount of sugar in uh Strawberry yogurt's too sweet for you. I once I cut sugar out of coffee, everything became too sweet for me. Oh, Thank God. I would never cut sugar out of coffee. Oh, it changed. It changed everything. Ever like just the bar. Maybe getting older, I like a little more bitter. I'm not a black coffee yet. I keep trying. I can't. I I have to put. I. I can. I do. I do uh, sugar-free uh, vanilla syrup. So there's no sugar in it, but it's still sweet. But I cannot sacrifice the concept of a sweet thing when i was a kid i had quick did you have quick before yes. nesquik quick it was called it was, nesquik was just quick yeah it was. until it was bought by nestle i think quick was its own thing and then nestle oh, bought yeah. it and it became nesquik nesquik yeah but quick that was my strawberry yogurt. strawberry strawberry quick that was Ooh, strawberry quick that was that I, that could not that had to have been a deadly I couldn't imagine drinking strawberry strawberry milk at all. Like strawberry and chocolate milk were such a staple of my childhood. I do not ever want either of those things in my belly ever again. Were you drinking it out of the carton or the the powder? The little fucking, oh, the powder, we had the powder. And we also, at school, we had the cartons. But yeah, I would drink strawberry milk regularly on such a daily basis. I would give it a shot now. I don't think I As like a dessert, a little aperitif? Is that the word for it? I don't really... Yeah. Dairy and me, uh, our relationship uh, has... That's um, uh, very vengeful. Uh, the, it really tries to uh, take me out. It, Lactose intolerant? It's like I can handle it. Um, it's not like... It, like it's, it's not as urgent as most uh, lactose intolerant people are. I'm not like shitting forever and a half. Uh-huh. But it is, it is gassy and it is... Uh, it's the worst version of me. Yes. Is what it does. You've talked about your hemorrhoids. Oh, happily, many times. I've actually had internal hemorrhoid surgery. I've had them removed. Worst. <laughs> okay, so let me just understand what hemorrhoids are. They are, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know they're on, let me, let me see if I can define it. If I, if I was pretending to teach a class. Hemorrhoids are uh, growths on your anus? <laughs> Close. Well, hemorrhoid, so that you actually, we all have hemorrhoidal tissue, which is that sensitive like tissue leading up to your like in like around your butt and into your so that's that's a, that's a hemorrhoidal tissue and it's the polyps that grow there that's what we consider hemorrhoids uh but yeah it's can be it's hereditary from my part because i've had them since i was like nine years old nine um but they can be they can be caused from like uh strain uh stress uh dehydration what um, is in the the polyp is it a, just a swelling it's a swelling it's a swelling and an irritation uh-huh. Uh and they can they can they can be external so they can be around the hole. Is that a size? Yes. How they, big they is a hemorrhoid? Be, they can be they can vary. They can ooh they can vary. <laughs> they can. But like are they like are they usually average hemorrhoid? Average like, hemorrhoid like, they, like like a dime? When external I'd say like a dime. Like maybe smaller than that. Uh I have I had internal ones which were <laughs> vast and huge. Uh and they had to be removed and they had to staple them to get them removed. 
Now, so you said this was hereditary? Yes. Mom or dad? My father. And he didn't, he didn't tell nobody. Let me tell you. Meaning, I wouldn't either. <laughs> All I knew is I think when I was a kid, the extent of my parents telling me about this was like, you know, probably when I had like a Game Boy and yeah. I would just sit on the toilet playing. They'd be like, you can't just sit yeah. there because the air would dr- dry and create for hemorrhoids. <laughs> that's, that's my only understanding of it. And every once in a while, I'll be, you know, taking shit and I'm like, I should, I should get up from you this You shouldn't phone. strain that hard. You shouldn't push that hard. As a matter of fact, when, if you sit there for a long time, you should really consider... Uh, like stool softener, uh, anything to make it, anything to make the process about under five minutes is best for you. Mm-hmm. What about the, do you do the squatty potty? Oh, I have the squatty potty. I have bidet. I have, I have my, my, t- my wipes ready to go. Like bidet separate from the toilet or built in? Uh, uh, separate. I got one of the little Mr. Tushy thingies. Ooh, uh, nice. And it's, yeah, it's, I have done everything possible. Like I take my fiber, I take my stool softeners because it was truly miserable. Because uh, it was, yeah, because like, I, I remember, because I got them removed. It's a surgery that I had to get done. And they didn't tell me, they should have told me I should have been on a liquid diet, but they didn't. So I was eating solid food with a spot that was sealed shut. And on opiates, which is also like, uh, opiates give you constipation. Uh, Wait, your butt was sealed shut? Well, it wasn't sealed shut. It was just like, it had like, there, it was everything was, it was, the surgery occurred. So everything was swollen and just needed to heal. Yeah. And I should have been on a liquid diet, but I was eating solid foods. And so my body's like, I have a solid poop that I want to take and a tiny, 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 tiny hole that won't let it come out. Were you just on the toilet screaming? Did you go oh, to the... Oh, just two weeks of screaming. <gasps> oh. Then I, it was actually the whole, the whole week of the election of, of uh, 2020. <laughs> I, like, literally, like, two days before... Uh, the election, I, w- I got the surgery, and then after the, the two weeks, le- the day I finally pooped was the day that the election was called for Joe Biden. And I was at a friend's house, and they were throwing a party, and I pooped in her toilet for the first time in two weeks. And was that, was that the screaming was done at that point? Or that's the, when the screaming? Oh, it was, I was so, it was the most relief I've ever felt in my entire life. And it just happened to be that same day. Now, that kind of surgery... Did you have to go on your stomach when they put, when they knocked you out? Oh, I think it was like laying on my side. I don't know. I was yeah. It was. We, it was I I've only had one major surgery, and the second one is it was so it was so terrifying. Mm-hmm. And now I know what to expect. I think it will be worse. Yeah. Well, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be fine now. And I also now know that if you do opiates are cons gives you constipation. Be like if any. I, I think every surgery people should warn you just go on a liquid diet for three days. Stick to yogurt. Stick to f- applesauce and Jello, and try not and just and soups and broths, and then until I say I like I'd wait a week to to eat solid foods so you can be mm. nice to your to anything that because constipation is the worst. I hate it so much. And yeah, I don't think I've had when I was a kid. I had constipation at one point. I I went to I had a friend. It was a cool kid at school. I went to his house, and for some reason I had to take a shit. This like second grade. Yeah. Went to the bathroom, nothing was coming out, and I didn't. I wasn't familiar with what that meant, so I just stayed on yeah, the toilet you're for two hours, and to the point where my friend, his name was William, not my friend. I wanted him to be my friend. Was like mm-hmm. sitting outside the door, and we were talking, and then the mom's like, "Do you want to go home? Do, <laughs> do you want to come out? And we'll go. We'll try again later." And I just, I was like, "I need to get picked up," and yeah. I never hung out with that kid again. Yeah, it was. I've, my brother just moved in with me at the time because he was go- he went back to school and he came to stay with me. And this first week, for first two weeks of be- living in LA, is just me screaming bloody murder, <laughs> just my butt in the air, being like, and he's like, "Can I help you?" I'm like, "There's nothing you can do." <laughs> and you're you're all. Do you have to worry about them coming back? I mean, was this? No, yeah, they, they can, they'll easily come back. They they can come back. They come back worse. So the whole point of it is to make sure to take care of myself and be less stressed and not uh, not when, sit in the toilet too long. When people tell me be less stressed, I go, "What's second option then?" Because the idea of not being stressed to me, mm-hmm. I'd have to change professions and change. There's no way. Are you a stressed person? No, no. I was. And then now I'm at such a place where I'm like, I don't let anyone get to me in that way. Really? So I, I, there's nothing that truly upsets me. And any, 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 anything that seems like that's, 
it's probably t- t- my my comedy probably took a hit for that. But I yeah I, I tend not to uh, I don't obsess over things as much as I used to, uh, and I'm a calmer person. I can't tell if I'm envious or I'm like it's not. I can't be that. It's, I, won't I've, be that. I, I I don't recommend it for anyone um, because it's um it's a lot of apathy. Uh, Sure, and it's it's a it's a lot of disappointed people that want to see you have an emotion, ah, uh, but you know what? I'm okay with that. But I'm I'm like I, I'm an emo- I do feel emotions. I do process. Them. I just I'm much I'm much better at processing how I feel and and not uh, not hold and not compartmentalizing them to later to the point that it free- it makes me lose my mind. Is this therapy, antidepressants, self um, everything? Yeah, I do it all. You do it all. I even do yoga, which is gross. I love yoga. I fucking do too. I hate how much I love it. Do you do hot outside? Normal. I just do videos online. I, I have. It's. I just do. Um, and also, I'm currently doing uh, the the yoga instructor that I have, uh, the Peloton app. Uh, she's now pregnant, so I'm doing pregnant yoga, and I'm enjoying that. It's that sounds very uh, at ease. <laughs> there must be a lot of positions just taken out of the running. Yeah, right away. she she doesn't do as much uh, in general, but it's just I just like her voice so much. Yeah. And that's essentially why we'll keep doing it until she gets. And then you know, I'm post postnatal uh, yoga. I'm looking forward to that. What's that going to be? I want to. I want to. I want our bodies to recover together. <laughs> I took a class with my girlfriend. It was like an, a water mm-hmm. aquatic class with like spin machines in a pool, though, and like like it was bicycles in a pool. Yeah, bicycles in a pool. Wow. And just it was fun. And then I was like, I need to go work out still. It was for like if I had been hit by a car, mm-hmm. this would be my first step back to walking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I still like I do regular working out. So like yoga for me is sort of just like a, it's a it's a form of relaxing than it is exercise. So I don't like doing any intense yoga. Like I don't like, mm. I like I, I gain I like getting a little bit of flexibility, but I'm not gonna try to do a handstand. I'm. Oh, I like that. I want to get my hands. I don't. Someday. I don't. I don't want to be the bitch that fucking kills herself at 40 from learning how to do a handstand in my own home. <laughs> I got into breakdancing in high school, but it was before I had any athleticism or muscle. And I'd go to these classes and they'd be like, try to do, I forget what it was called, but it was like handstand, but you hang over. So your like legs are hanging. And yeah. I would try to do it in the backyard and I twisted my ankle immediately because I didn't have any muscles I didn't just, know what I was trying to do. I, I do, couldn't look, do it we're now. We're six foot four. We have so many, like, people talk about a center of gravity, and I don't think people seem to comprehend that the taller you are, the more centers of gravity you have. So it's not like, like, not like I think like shorter people can pull off gymnastics much easier than us because they have one point of focus in their center of gravity. I fall in pieces. I don't fall in, like, one. I fall in sections, and everything hits hard on the way down. So it's not, for me, it's just like it's such a, it's a lose-lose situation if I fall once. Yeah. I feel my height. If I'm falling in a headstand, I feel my height. I go, oh, yeah. I'm a big tree and I'm about to damage myself. Yeah. And, it's, and it can be irreparable damage too. Like I, I got thrown out my back from laying down too long. I can only imagine what it would be like if I fucked up a handstand. Lower, I get scared about lower back pain all the time. Yeah. It's that's why better. I started doing yoga. I'm, so I'm yes. not going to try to do anything that's going to cause it again. But then my mom did yoga and she fucked up her hip and now she's like, don't ever do yoga. <laughs> but she's a Pilates teacher, so she's also biased. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Which is almost, it feels like it's like yoga, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, I don't know. People say like Pilates, you can have a whole workout in Pilates. And I'm like, it's still 80-year-olds taking this. <laughs> I don't see any any football player being like Pilates. That's all I do. <laughs> LeBron just doing Pilates and that's it. Yeah, I just, I, for me, like I just like being on a bicycle for a long time. Bicycle and treadmill, those are where I thrive. Anything that's like an endurance, I'm like, I can... I can work out for an hour and a half if it's just me doing cardio. My girlfriend and a friend want to do Tough Mudder, which is like obstacle courses. That's... That's... But it's fun. But I know that's how I break my leg. And all of a sudden, I'm the guy in the scooter with the knee in the scooter. And I've always said if that happens to me, I'm not staying in New York for that because I see the people trying to make New York work with that. And oh. it's not a friendly yeah, place. Yeah, it is not. A, it's it's a like you have to look. If, if, a, if a city, if a whole city could be ableist, it'd be called New York. Uh, it is. It is. <laughs> it is. I have never. I don't think anyone who's ever knew how to build a matching set of stairs has ever lived in New York. I've, every third stair has to be two to three inches taller than the others, just to, just to let you know where you are. <laughs> Legally, I feel like all the subway stops are supposed to have 
wheelchair accessibility, but there's no way. The Some of them, of I, they must be under the don't. tracks. Yes. The amount of buildings that are just all walk-ups is insane. So you moved, where'd you move when you moved to America? Um, we first moved to St. Louis, Missouri, which is a garbage, garbage, garbage place. I'll be headlining there next year. Excited. I've, I've been uh, headlining them multiple times. I've been back. Um, they have that fun place there, that, that the park museum. that everyone gets hurt at. Yeah. What is it called? I've, it's a museum with a slide, right? Are you talking about? Or yeah, there's it? slides and bars. And yeah. I mean, I got hurt there as an adult, but it's like, it's like an old school park. Like the way kids children. used to be able to get yeah. hurt on monkey bars. I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, I did a joke. Whatever it's called, like abortion had just been made illegal there or whatever. Yeah. And I think the joke it was like, you know, you can't get abortions, but if you want one, you can just take your kid to the blah, blah, blah. And everyone knew <laughs> exactly what I meant. Well, It's a violent. It's a cool park. It's like weird. Yeah. They have fishes and circus. I want to film a special there. So I like St. Louis. Well, I, I will not be filming a special there. Um, I will be sticking. I don't know where I want to film my special. Me too. I'm trying to figure it out. I, I probably wanna... would choose Seattle because it's it'd be such a, a hometown return. Um, but I'm I'm in no rush to film my next special. I'm taking mm. my time with it. That's I'm very relaxed. I'm stressed. I got to figure it out now. I I've well because I've I have the benefit of being of writing so yeah and it is I have I have the benefit of a very lucrative career to support uh, my dream of comedy. <laughs> is stand up comedy your first love? Stand-up comedy will always be my main love because it is sort of how I've learned, like, writing is something that I was doing the whole time, but comedic writing uh, and writing for my voice is like, as much as I enjoy writing for television, there, it gets to the point where if I'm not on stage enough or performed in any way, shape, or form, I'm so unhappy. And mm-hmm. that's, that's when, that's when not, that's when, I do get stressed is when I don't allow myself to go on stage and perform. Yeah. And if I don't have a joke, if I don't, if I, like there's points in times where I haven't written a joke for myself for three months and that, that's when I get pissed. Sure. <laughs> that's the only time I ever get stressed and, uh, and, and uh, flustered. But I think about it now because I, there's, there's a couple more things happening these days post JFL and all, every audition I look at now, I go like, I, I would have to cancel this weekend. I yeah. couldn't perform for this long. And I used to think after COVID happened, there was a degree of like, I had to not do stand up for four months. So I understand that yeah. it's possible. Yeah. And I can still be okay, but it didn't change anything. Oh, no. Like, it's, oh, doing those Zoom shows? I could have. That was, that was pure hell. That was pure. But I didn't. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, I didn't. I, I got to the point where I think I was like, four, like there was a five month, because there was that moment where you just, you finish your set and you, you just, that was the hardest part. That was, but it's like, but like for me, it was like, I felt like a talking head and they like, and then luckily they were doing elements of it. But like, I think the second we were able to do outdoor shows, I was like, that's where of I need, course. I, whatever I can do, whatever is allowed legally. But yeah, that was, no, that was very hard. That was not, that was, I need a reaction. I need, I like personally at the end of the day, as much as like, as big as I want to get, as much as I want to do like a theater show and theater tour. Doing a small, intimate space with an audience that's on board is always going to be the best. Yeah. It's always going to be the For me, like an audience of 50 people is going to be the preferred show because you can have an experience and you can test things out. And it feels like it's probably the most I've ever feel like I can, I can work on my material and I can feel it developing and I can also. Yeah, I, I have a feeling where smaller spaces for me. I, I feel more prone to take a risk because I feel like I won't lose them. The bigger yeah. the space, the more I'm like, if I don't, if I lose them for too long, yeah. that like a whole back chunk is yeah. going to vanish from me. Whereas they're right here, they're, they're going to stay. Well, I'm present. I'm present the whole time. I will yeah. not, I will not go to the back of my mind to be like, I got to maintain this. I have to, I'm like, oh, I'm, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be right here because I, I can see I'm maintaining it and I can see you and I can interact with you. Like it's always... It's always going to be that fucking small, con- like especially it's a lot of the clubs in New York. Like they are the smaller, like fifty to eighty people. Like this is a perfect space to do comedy mm-hmm. and also feel comfortable and present to do comedy. Yeah. Um, and that's the last time you'll, I'll ever compliment New York City because <laughs> otherwise it is a garbage. <gasps> <thing. laughs> All right. So from St. Louis to where was after that? Uh, Fresno, California. Fresno, California. Fucking, 
It's not. It's a lateral move. Uh, it is. That a, doesn't sound like you like a lot of places. To be fair, it's we, look. This is called the downside. And if you want to be honest with you, please, most places in this country suck. Why, uh, Fre- why Fresno? Is Fresno, <laughs> Fresno really bad? Yeah, there was a community there. My parents were, had friends there, and that's why we ended up there. Uh, we managed that. We we stayed there for seven years, and it was, oof, which is too long. And then we moved to Seattle, Washington, which surprisingly was my favorite place we lived because it's a dreary city, but it's. Were there immigrant communities at all these places? Like, yeah, why? There was all, they, yeah, there was always like people that my parents knew. I, I, I didn't know anybody. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't have any clout at the time. Uh, and what were your parents doing for work? Um, both of them. My mom usually was. We got government help through my mom, and my dad has some sort of like terrible like janitor job of some sort. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, we, they both got off of um, federal uh, programs and were, were working two terrible jobs each. Why did they move to America originally? Um, well, we were part, because we were refugees, so we came to the States in, like, the mid-80s, and, like, Ethiopians were, like, sort of, like, the African country of the decade, uh-huh. uh, so it was very, like, there's a lot of programs to get us to come over, um, so that's, that's essentially how we ended up in St. Louis, was because of a program. America was, like, like into it? Oh, yeah. That's nice. Yeah, that's, the, the first time, was like, that we had, there were so many commercials of Ethiopians just hanging out with flies in their face, and, like, we gotta save them, and that's essentially... Yeah, I think I think spe- specifically with Ethiopia, Ethiopia is a really old Christian nation. Uh-huh. Um, so a lot of these missionaries and programs in the states were like, we this is integral. Like it was very important to them because it was like, oh, here's here's Christian history that we want to bring here, which I think is through Ethiopia. Was the program was it, it was funded by religious? Like, did you need to be a Christian? Some of I, well, yeah, it's it's. But I think for the most part, yeah, most Ethiopians that came here were Christians. There's some Muslims, uh, but. For the most part, it was Christians that were brought in, and yeah, we're historically we just yeah we're one of the first two Christian nations. Uh, it's us in Armenia, uh, and we have like one of the f- wait hopes the first two Christian nations. Yes, really. Yes, um, Ethiopia is very heavily involved in a lot of the Bible. <laughs> was it? Is this tied to the Catholic Church or is um, this sort of? It's 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 like there's we're Orthodox, uh, so like we still like our religion is so old that it's we still have stuff from Judaism uh, tied into it. Like we didn't I didn't eat pork until I was eighteen. Really? Yeah, because it's like it's based off of uh, the original uh, writing. So like a lot of the, a lot of it was based off of the Torah. So uh, yeah, my so my girlfriend's yeah. very very grew up very Jewish. I, I'm trying to get her to get to pork. I've gotten oysters. <laughs> I've gotten shrimp. Neither are really sticking. Yeah. They're tough, but pork is the one where I'm like. It's one of those things. It's such a big hangover because it's such a. It's a lot of. It's a giant. Some of the people that don't involve themselves. And honestly, she said that she had books mm-hmm. like old McDonald books. The pig was crossed out. Yeah. And it's 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 a very like, I personally would never have done it if I didn't work at Denny's and smelled bacon all the time. So it smelled good to you. Fucking bacon smells so good. Maybe that's what I have to do. I'll just start cooking bacon all the time. It is and a, maybe that smell will do it. That it will affect that it is bacon is the most enticing smell in the entire world. Um, but we ever we were allowed to eat one. Uh, my mom didn't know that pepperoni was pork. Hilarious. So we were like, because it doesn't look. She's just eating pepperoni all the time. Oh, like, like she made it. She amazing. made she made pizza for us. <laughs> when did she find out? What was the day? I don't think she even knows till now. I'm not going to be the person that is going to be like, hey, lady. <laughs> So, do you remember you're at Dennis? You're smelling this whole day, and oh, you, yeah. one day you're like, "Fuck it." I think I think I remember I'd, I probably ordered something, and and they were like, "We have a bunch of bacon left over," and I didn't say no because I was, I was I was there with my friends at my table, and I was like, "You know what? Let's give it a go." It was like like eight. It was like like eighteen, nineteen. It was like one a.m. and it was like the first time I ever had bacon, and my parent, my friends who have eaten bacon the whole lives have no idea that I'm just like losing my mind over <laughs> in the corner. Mm. Like this, like just experiencing the best thing I've ever had in my life. So you were working at Denny's at 18? I think it was like 19. Were you working a lot of jobs in, in high school? I was working a lot of, t- like I was working like, I, but I also, I quit jobs very quickly because if they like, I, I've never been a fan of authority and I've never been, I didn't trust any bosses. So eventually I'd just be like, ah, Would you just walk out or would you make a scene? I wouldn't really make a scene. I would. I would always. I just no call, no show a lot, mm. because I also figured out that these jobs. Like I figured out very early on that jobs don't call in for references, and I also found out that you can't give away too much information about your last employee without getting in trouble. Really, because of, like all legal they can stuff? do is say they worked before, and they this and the, and the dates they worked. There's not like the, 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 unless you 
are asking them to give a reference, they're not allowed to give that much information away. Really? You can't yeah. say, do you, do you recommend them? You can't ask, do you recommend them? If they're my reference, then they could do that. But they can't, if, they, if they're not my reference, they can't ask them to recommend me. Would you be going to Denny's with a paper resume? Yeah. No, no. I would like, I just like, I'd fill up the application and yeah. he, in the day, if you're charming enough in person, sure, it doesn't matter what anyone, like they will never, no one, especially jobs, restaurant, retail jobs. I say one out of every 10 of them that I had would do a check-in and it would only just be, and all they would get is to confirm the dates of my employment. What were you, what did you need that money for? What were you doing with that? Were you like to go out with friends or were you like, what were you spending it on? Oh, money that was, God, at the time. I was just, rent, food. Rent, were you living, when did you leave your parents' place? I left at 18. At 18? Yeah. And I I went back home a few times whenever I ran out of money, but Mm -hmm. I came out and I was like, I'm gay, you guys suck. uh, Together, (laughs) both both those things in one statement. What age, how old were you when you came out? 18. 18? Yeah. Would you wait for that just because of that age? Yeah, or like, it's, I would have probably done it younger if there was no legal obligations. Uh, but yeah. You I've, knew it wasn't going to oh, be like, you know what? That's no, okay. I knew my parents. I was, I was fully spiteful when I came out. I was very excited to do it. And I'd do it again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people usually are very patient and wait longer uh, to come out. I truly, uh, I feel bad for anyone who comes out later because it's, it's a much more difficult it's not more difficult. It's actually harder to come out younger. Uh, I don't know why I do that. <laughs> but, sure, but it's certainly... Wh- how, how old were you when you were like, oh, I'm gay? I was probably like 13, 14. And you were just like, one day I'm going to tell these sons oh, of bitches. dreaming of it every day. It was a fantasy of mine. Like, oh, one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be so much more successful than all of you and it's going to be... And I did, and it's true, and I proved it. That's probably why I'm so calm, is that all my dreams came true. <laughs> there you go. It's That's, all just downhill from yeah. there. I. Uh, so were they not good parents? I mean, other, other than that, obviously oh, that's were, a flaw. That's look, a, they, they were good parents in the way that they took care of us and made sure we were alive. Uh, <laughs> that's really <laughs> brushed past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, they weren't the best in regards to, you know, being kind people. But were, they, were they violent? Of course, yeah. You say, of course, I so most they, I ever it's had. African parents, I've, they're, they're very... Ethiopian parents especially, yeah, no, they were they were abusive, religious shitheads. Uh, but but it's like it's it's hard to like. Would they when it's your parents, you can't just like put them into one corner because it also kind of like. Like I like I'm the thing that I've been processing, especially as an adult, is like they did all the terrible things they did, and they also did all these amazing things they they did as well. So, they have to exist as these as as both people to me, uh, as yeah. the positive and negative in my life, and I. I can choose to not forgive them for the negatives, but I have to also. But I also want them around because of what the what they've given to me positive. So they're both still alive. Yes. Yes. So when you came out, they were mad. Yeah. They were not cool about it at all. Not at all. But you left that day. Yeah. And then when did you go back? Did they? How are they now? Are they chill? Are oh, they they're fine? They're just old, uh, and they kind of. Well, they also need money from me, so it's also it's a nice it's a nice situation to be in. <laughs> Is it nice or is it like? I, my dad helped me financially mm-hmm. for a while. And I think there was like a key part of our relationship development that was uh, skewed because mm-hmm. he was behaving in a way that I found unacceptable, but I needed money yeah. from him. So I played along. And then the day I didn't need the money from it, I, I went, I no longer want to spend time with you <laughs> and this horrible behavior. So like, Money can just cause so many problems, so um, many strings, even if you don't intend them to be there. For me, I'm personally, I, I don't tie anything emotional to money that I give to my family. Um, and I don't, and I think that's, I don't, I honestly, I truly, I try not to tie giving money to anyone to how I feel if they owe me or if they're deserving of it. I feel like if I can take care of you and you're a person in my life that I love, I'll do it. Do you do you give it on a uh, repeating basis? Do you just give it Whenever, piecemeal? Whenever, like I, my my family is usually my family is not greedy. They're very good at being like, this is what I need for this thing and this thing only. Uh huh. So no one's ever been like, tar- no one's ever, no one's taken advantage of me, and also I, they also know that I'm not a person that can be taken advantage of. Sure. So it's never like, it's not like it's it's definitely it's a nice situation because they ha- like, like they're gonna have to ask for my help eventually. Uh. So and I also. The, the also help will be like taking care of them as they get older and the things they need in that 
in that regard. So I think I was watching, it was like a Joan Rivers documentary and she started listing all the people that she kind of bankrolls and you went, Oh, that's why you work on such schlock sometimes. Yeah. Cause you need a lot. I mean, she was 12 people under her watch or something. Yeah, I've, I've always, I think, yeah, mine is not 12, but I will always have, to, there's people I have to take care of. My family, my immediate family is always going to be on the list of people that have to be taken care How of. How many siblings do you have? I'm one of seven, but it's only five now. <laughs> oh, one, one died? Two. Two? Yeah. Do you mind me asking how? Uh, I killed him. No, I <laughs> <laughs> I took him out. Uh, they asked for too much money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, my older brother, my, my, my older brother is, uh, he passed away like four years ago from a stroke and my, uh, sister, uh, passed away last year. Uh, Jesus. She did, she did, she did a lot of heroin, uh, in her life. Uh, mm. but yeah, it's, but yeah, there's, there's still, there's, and my eldest brother, I actually, we never really had a relationship cause he never came to America. Um, and I didn't know he was my brother till I was 10. Uh, <laughs> is he a half brother? He, yeah, the, the three eldest are half. Only the four, the four youngest were... Was you, so your dad was married before? My mom. Your mom was married yeah, before? Yeah, my mom gave birth to all the children. I guess that was, in a way, sexist to me, I guess. I thought, See, look, I a, lot, look man, a lot of people assume when you hear that many kids, it's always the father, but no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom is the... Uh, and she got remarried. They got divorced? Well, my parents were actually were never married. Still? No, yeah, they're not together now. Oh, they're not even together now? Yeah. When did they separate? I think when I was like 25. Was that... Good. Did you go? Oh, good. Yeah, they never loved each other. That was. They never loved each other. That's no. <laughs> why my, did they? Why did my they brother together? was the first person to say "I love you" in the family when he when he was seventeen. Isn't that an immigrant thing though? Too with yeah, the love sure. use. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he was the first to say, and everyone was silent. And they said, "What is this?" No, he mean? said it to me one day, and I was walking out, and I was just like, "That's, yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> that's an emotion I do feel." <laughs> Let's go have some bacon. I love you too. Yeah, <laughs> I was eating bacon at the time. I should have. I should have offered him some. So you and your brother, he's still alive. This brother. Yes, he's the one that lives with me. Oh, he lives with you. Yes. And and how, what's the age difference? We're only two years apart. And what does he do? Well, he went. He started going back to school during the pandemic, so he moved in with me at that time because he was in Seattle. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And he was just working as assistant manager at TJ Maxx or whatever terrible. Uh, retail store he was working at, and he was like, "I'm gonna go back to school for animation." I'm like, "Well, this is the city." To move to. That's, what kind of, like, he's going back to a graduate degree? Like a uh, no, he's in, just in an animation program in a school in Florida, and he's just doing the program, uh, and I think he'll be graduating in, the, like, the next six months or so. That's very sweet. Look, I had a spare bedroom, and he, I make him clean things up, so it's not like... Uh, sure. Yeah, it's, he's my brother. He's, we're, like, there's, they're really, we're, we're only two years apart, so it's really, be a very weird thing to be like, you, f- you figure it out. I'm I'm in the I'm in the position where I my especially my two younger brothers if they need to figure out and have life to the best version that they can I want to make sure that I can do that. But you become I mean are, are you in a way the figurehead of the family now? You're you're helping your parents, yeah. you're helping your brother. Yeah. I'm in charge. And you like that? No. No. And no. I, I love it. I'm kidding. That's an absolute lie. I love sure. it. Sure. I I love being in charge of everything. <laughs> I have that thought. I think with, I mean, all my siblings are younger, so there's room for them to financially. I, I got this point to a year. Maybe this is embarrassing. Yeah. That it was this late at 34, but like each sibling individually, we went out to dinner and I was like, oh, I, I guess I'm going to buy this dinner for all of them. You, I was 35 when I was able to do that. So, okay, good. You're fine. Good. I was working in restaurants until I was <laughs> 34. But you were doing comedy. What, what age did you start comedy? I started comedy when I was 25. Cool. I started stand up when I was 27. Yeah. I was acting before that. Well, I was stand up 25. Stand up at 25. I did improv before that. <gasps> improv. I, I even did spoken word before that. <gasps> Sp- Listen, spoken word can be great. I went to the Neo Rican Cafe when I was in college in, in New York, and it was so fucking cool. Look, I, I can definitely believe that spoken word can be great. I can assure you that the ones that I went to and what I did was not great. <laughs> I think poetry, it's very hard to know what's good and what's. Who is the? Who it's is not that hard to know. A lot of it's not good. Some of it is very good. <laughs> well, I think it's like who's the woman that spoke at um, Biden's inauguration? Oh, I'm gonna feel so bad for forgetting this. She's like young and just like exp- oh, she had the f- oh god, uh, she, uh, I feel so bad because her name was all around and now. 
uh, whatever her name is, she released a poem after Roe v. Wade got overturned on Twitter or something. Mm -hmm. And like, it was one of those where I read it, I'm like, this is bad, I think. But I can't tell. I don't trust my own judgment. I could look at E.E. Cummings and go like, what the fuck is this? Here's the thing. Um, Even the best can write terrible things. Uh, And that's fine. Like, Tennessee Williams is the reason why we have Cats. Uh, Cats, the musical? Yeah, I think it's based off of one of his... That's the E.E. Cummings poem, I think. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Sure. Whatever. Sure, sure. Tennessee Williams could have written. He wrote Cat on the Hot Tin Roof. I think that's where the two... You know what? I'm not, first of all, I'm not a smart person. Uh, That's not true. You're a very smart person. Are you not? Or do you just present as smart? I can be both very smart and very stupid. Uh, And that's, I speak eloquently. I think that's what throws people off. Because sometimes I don't know things. And I'm very happy about that. Uh, (laughs) Uh But no, like it's like a lot of like poetry for me is like, it really has to speak to you. And otherwise it's all like, it's all relative. It can all be very much garbage and it can all be wonderful. Like that's artist objective. But poetry is, for the most part, you can be like, I don't like this. And then you can find stuff that hits well with you. Like, I think, yeah, it's tough to say. It's, I, there, there's some poetry that I fucking love forever and I think is the greatest stuff in the world. Uh, but none of it is the stuff that I wrote when I was doing spoken word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I did was bad. I was at a wedding this, this past weekend and they read passages. Mm-hmm. And uh, the whole wedding, it was a lovely wedding, blah, blah, blah. But, like, if I were to have a meter, there's, like, sometimes I'm, like, corny, and there's sometimes I'm, like, that's my jam. And they were doing passages, and one was, like, a poem. One was a passage from Winnie the Pooh. And, like, something about the Winnie the Pooh, I was, like, that's it. That's it for me. Because it was, like, Piglet saying something to Winnie, and Piglet was saying it. It wasn't the author saying it. It was a probably uh, uh, mentally uh, challenged stuffed piglet saying it. And so I believed the feeling that the piglet was expressing. Now a person expressing like something, something about like, if you know, if, if you die, if you live to be a hundred, I hope to live to be a hundred minus a day. Yeah. And it's like a dumb piglet saying that I'm like, beautiful human being. I'd be like, well, wouldn't you want a hundred, a hundred years minus a second? I'd get all mathematical. Here's the thing. It's, It's like, it's like song lyrics. How many songs are stupid and still sound pretty? Yes. And it's like, like it depends on the singer. Like it's always, like, like it also, like every poem probably can sound great if you're put in the right circumstance to hear it. Uh, but like that's, but it has to be done a certain way. It has to be, so yeah, I'm, it's, it's, it's like improv uh-huh. as well. Like how much of improv is uh, not that great? I think sincerity, the biggest mistake I think you have to earn sincerity. Yes. People think you can just be sincere and just say it. And I'm like, you got to earn it. I have to understand the circumstances. The word saying I love you is, yeah. is, can mean the world if you've built the circumstances correctly around the saying of it's, it. I think, and like it, your brother saying yeah. it to you for the first time exactly. in a family. It's, 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 it's almost like I wish there's a part of that when people, like when people do like speeches at weddings, I wish they understood that part. Like, you're, we're, we don't, we're not, we don't know you as the audience in this wedding. You are, you're fresh to the mic and you're telling us stories that we, about people that we barely know. You gotta. Well, that's the thing is again, and again, this was a lovely wedding. I'm not mm-hmm. shitting on any wedding. It was beautiful, but I was a visitor. I knew, I knew mm-hmm. the bride and groom somewhat, but you see people who knew them. Yeah. And so like, they're just, in, they're captured. I could see, I could see one of my like old middle school friends getting married, and they could say like the cheesiest fucking vows, yeah. and I'm like, oh my god, my <laughs> man's grown up, my <laughs> man's grown up. Jay Jordan, yeah, I was at his wedding, and both their vows were spectacular. Yeah. Jay threaded the needle. I mean, it was like, it wasn't sappy, it had jokes, mm-hmm. and then at the end, it fucking hit with like this quote back to. I've seen this done at two weddings now. Uh, someone quotes like something their mom used to say to yeah. them about love. Uh, one one was uh, Jay. I don't think I speak out of turn. Was like I love you in circles was the phrase because circles never end. Mm-hmm. And the other one was uh, uh, I love you. When they were a kid, they told their mom I love you uh, more than anyone in the world, but they they couldn't say it, so they just said I love you in the world. And that was the phrase, oh. like as a baby. So it's like w- when you, I think that's a very powerful tool. You connect to something you said as a kid. Yeah. Again, you've created the character of the dumb piglet. 
<laughs> and you go, I believe what yeah. you're saying now. I've, I personally, uh, I, I think I'm never going to let anybody see me ha- get married because uh, I don't want that level of vulnerability to be seen. Uh, uh, before the vows, uh, Solomon has asked for everyone to leave, please, including the other groom. <laughs> and honestly, the he's going to say it alone. Honestly, <laughs> I'd prefer it. <laughs> Are you, when you're dating someone, do you wait a while to say I love you? Oh, I'll, I'll, wait, I'll wait forever. Uh, to the point that I've only dated one person. So oh, yes? Yes. Did you say love you? I said it first, and he waited five days to say it back. Uh, and I didn't count every single day <laughs> at all. <laughs> I've had twice now a, like, I wait, I wait, I'm slow. And then she said, mm-hmm. I love you with tears. Because I've waited so long. <laughs> this is, I guess, my relationship with women. I really push them right to the brink. <laughs> and they go, I love you. And then I go, okay, I love you too. I think I waited like four months. See, that's not very long to me. I, 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 uh, I was waiting a year, two years. Jesus. I'll wait Jesus. it out. I'll wait it out. It said that too fast. That is too fast. long. How is that too long? A year? Yeah, I say I love. I say I love you to you right now as a friend. To me, how would you not your partner? To me, the person who sleeps, the person who sucked your dick. (laughs) Listen, I can't be handing out love that frequently. (laughs) Well, look, I'm just saying if somebody's doing it regularly for several months, you have to say I love you faster. I think. I think it's six months is too long. My romantic side, in a way, Mm -hmm. cynical romantical side, is saying I love you is a vow. In and of itself, if I say I love you, and this is from a family of uh, divorce yeah. and people who hated each other, I go, if I say I love you, that means even if we hate each other, I will still be there for you. See, that's the thing is that if I say I love you, I know that can be conditional. And it's fine if it's conditional. See, but then, then I'd like love word that can something be more than conditional. Yeah, it's called I want to marry you. <laughs> ugh, ugh, marriage. Get out of here with the marriage. <laughs> Do you, do, you, do you feel tied to marriage or based on Well, based no, on your I don't upbringing? feel really tied. Like, I feel like you, when saying I love you, the, the initial I love you, the, the conditional love needs to be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. And then there, if, there's a, if there's a version of it, then you can show that through actions and who you are as a person where you're like, I'm now committed more to you than ever. Like, that, there's, there's celebrations of love after love. Like, you, there's, that you can still keep leveling up your love. Because, sure, but like, we need words. Because, I like to have the, words. Because here's the thing I is really that, love Because everything is temporary. It's just, it's like you, can't, like you have to re, reassociate yourself with the word love and how you feel about a person as much as possible. Because it's, there's no way. It's, it's, it's not the vow to the word, the first time you say it, is, is not as strong as it. The, the, I don't know. I, I think it should be said. I, I say six months of dating because that's, for me, is plenty of time to say it and if it doesn't work out you can back away and you're fine all right n- listen look if you want a next better girlfriend work- six months <laughs> in i'm going for it look i think now you're stuck because you you said it you waited too long and now you have to now you have to finish the job <laughs> sure sure oh god i did seeing the vows there is a thought not i i don't know if i ever want to get married i i but, but there i don't was think a, seeing i those vows will. i was like I would write a killer set for these vows. Here's the thing. I don't want to get married. I do want several divorces. I feel like that is a Just life. to be a, be a divorcee? Just divorcee. I feel like I've already been giving out that vibe for like 20 plus years. And it just it feels rotten not to have the, uh, the evidence. If I ever get divorced, that'll, it's something I've always wanted to avoid from a family multiple divorced. Mm-hmm. I think like the thought of getting divorced is like, I would think... You fell for it. You <laughs> fucking idiot. You knew and you fell for it. I had some friends in college that like they had divorced parents and we would always, you know, commiserate on that. And then they got married. And I remember like watching them get married. And I was like, I cannot believe it. And guess what? They all got fucking divorced. Yeah. But here's the thing. I look at people's lives like a Jennifer Lopez or like Elizabeth uh, Taylor. That's, that's how I want to go. Multiple suitors. Ultimately, get Love back with the first me. one. Yeah, it just like she, Elizabeth Taylor, Richard Burton twice. Uh, Jennifer Lopez is doing the same thing that Elizabeth Taylor has it's done. It's fun for them, but for their kids, it's got to be like, oh, hey, Ben, hey again. Oh, my kids are going to hate me for so many other reasons mm. that it's that my multiple marriages won't even bother them. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, let's go on to our, our segment. Uh, this has got to stop. Normally we have yeah. music. I don't in LA. So it goes like, this has got to stop. Yeah. Do you have a, this has got to stop for a Solomon? I, I'm trying to find it. This is, it can stop. be big or small. It can be, you know, this, I'll, I'll do a brief one real quick. If I'm sitting down, if, if I'm sitting down for a, a lunch yeah. and I'm sitting down with two or three people and only two of us are there and there's a lot of tables, let me fucking sit. We don't need to wait for the whole party to get here. Yeah. Trust me. What kind of scam do you think I'm pulling? There's a lot of tables. It's fine. If anything, I'm going to order more food. Please let me sit. Please, enough with the well, game. Also, you, you're, you're gonna, if you're going to order, like, you're eating. You're yeah. going to be there eating. What, what does it matter if those other people don't show up? Exactly. What does I, it matter? I, you already have cus- you're, you're already a customer. If it's packed, if we're talking like there's not a seat to spare, sure. It doesn't even matter if it's packed. It shouldn't matter. End of the day, first come, first serve. I am here. Give me my table. I agree. Like you cannot, like that is not, like you can't fantasize because it's not, it's not an efficient way. It doesn't prove that people will show up and it doesn't, it's, it's just all you're doing is frustrating somebody who wants to sit down. Especially if you're one of two, because then you feel like a loser. They're like, well, let's see if your friend's real. One of two? Let's see if your friend is real before we let you have a seat. If you don't look like someone wants to join you for lunch, to be honest. See, if it's like a party of six, I get it. But if there's two people, sit that one person. Sit Sit that one person. Please. That person can, yeah, Jesus. Um, so that's my this has got to stop. Um, my this has got to stop. I would ha- it's there's a, there's several right now, but for me personally, is um, is I I this is probably bigger. I I'm not that big of a fan of hot people on TikTok, uh, just lip syncing jokes and thinking that they're comedians now, and it is that's got to stop. Jay Jay Jordan, my yeah. good friend, hates the lip syncing. Honestly, I, I don't far. mind the lip syncing at all. It's just you are it's like when there's one video and there's 10 million copies of that video. It's like you have you're not you're not doing something original. Why? I cannot fathom a world where I copy exactly verbatim what somebody else does comedically like that would like that for me is plagiarizing. And yeah. I know that TikTok allows it, but. It's not comedy. It's not your comedy. It's not your joke. It's not, it's not you. So you don't get the credit of being funny. And you're wasting your life. I once tried to make a parody of like Sarah Cooper back in the mm-hmm. day where I was doing like a, <laughs> a Nixon speech. And it takes a long yeah. time to get it down. And I yeah. thought, what am I doing with my life? Mm-hmm. Not creating anything new. My dad could lip sync. My grandma could lip sync. You, it's hack. It needs to go into the category of hack. If you have a twist, yeah. you want to do it once. Sure. Well, the thing is, like, it's, well, if you're doing something completely different and wild with it, I like, for example, I think, um, fuck, what was, I'm trying to remember, there were Pennies from Heaven, where there is one of my favorite movies, and they lip sync every song from the 1920s, and it's a, f- it's like, there's like weird things to do that are absurdist and fun where you lip sync, but if you're not doing that, and you're not a drag queen lip syncing a song, uh, and jumping off the fucking roof to do a jump split, or like fucking like that's like it, it has to be powerful within that moment. But you have to have other things to do. That's the thing. Is like it's it's one thing if it's that's something you do here every once in a while. But if you have nothing else and this is all you're doing, why 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 have another skill set? Have bring something else to the table if you want to be if you want to be in the world of comedy. If that's all you're providing then it's not enough. <laughs> Work on those splits while you learn mm-hmm. the words. Um, our final segment, uh, you better count your blessing. I got a very, this feels raunchy, but it's a real thing. Uh, someone told me that someone years ago, uh-huh. eight years ago, nine years ago, that I'd hooked up with once, said to them, <laughs> they said, he is incredible at oral sex. <laughs> and then apparently in that conversation, they said, they asked me, did I read a, how to do it in a book? And, and I said, yes, which I don't remember that part because I don't think I would ever admit that. And I don't, th- I don't think oral sex is that. I think, or is it less about yeah. skill? It's more about lack of self-worth. That's my personal opinion. <laughs> you know, so it was, it was a compliment from an old hookup that I that I it was one of those where like you know where they can't reveal certain yeah. documents until a certain amount of time has passed it feels like one of those secrets and amount of time passed and a friend was like oh I meant to tell you like 10 years ago someone said this and I was like yes <laughs> hell yeah I knew it 
I knew I was okay at this. <laughs> so that's my that's my blessing. You got a blessing? Oh, let me think of it. I um, I for me, I've been very fortunate of, uh, of always doing better than my exes after we break up, and that's one thing that I, d- I definitely enjoy is um, the continued failure of uh, some of the people that I've uh, <laughs> that I've dated in the past. Um, I, but yeah, I think there was there was one guy who was particularly rotten, and he in the, in my twenties, and oh, he's doing terribly. So I love checking in on him. He's a little small blessing that I get. To That's like. a nice blessing. <laughs> I like the blessing. Um, now this episode, we're wrapping this up real quick, but this episode comes out October eleventh. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you want to plug? Eleven, eleven, uh, ten, eleven, ten, eleven. Um, I well, you know, just I have my own podcast. I always, I guess, people should always listen to that, and you should also be a guest on it as well. I'd love to. Um, called the Juice uh, through Team Coco. Um, that will be around. Uh, I, yeah, otherwise, I'll just, I'll just be online. Yeah, just find you online. You're fantastic yeah. online. Uh, I will be at Comic Strip in Edmonton, Canada, October 20th through the 23rd, and then I will be in Comedy Arena. It is near Dallas. October 28th and October 29th. Find me online at your Marcus Arezzi. Find the Patreon, patreon.com slash downside. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm trying, I'd like to end it on something really sad. We oh. talked about love. We talked about yeah. family. Just know that uh, you may love someone forever, but you will not be forever. So it's a lie. This is the downside. One, two, three. <laughs> downside. <laughs>